0: Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the Director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we'll discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue. And finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month's topic is serving the blind and deaf in our parishes and our church today. Part two focuses on ministry to the blind. As always, we have a special guest. Will you please introduce yourself?
1: Yes, thank you for having me on this program today. My name is Christopher Sabin. I am a proud member of Assumption Parish. I converted to the church in 2005. Tell us your story. Uh, Yes, I was actually born with a condition called optic nerve hypoplasia, which occurs when the Optic nerves that connect the eye to the back of the brain fail to develop during pregnancy. I was considered blind, very basically function as a blind person. I use a white cane. I do read braille. I also use assistive technology and a number of other adaptive skills on a daily basis that one would certainly consider specific to growing up as a blind person. I attended regular education, mainstream schools for grade school and high school. However, I attended specialized programs for people who are blind, At a summer youth program at the Klobrenner Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and they have a summer program for youth who are blind or visually impaired to expose them to life skills, daily living skills, white pain skills, and I attended that program for three years and learned most of the skills I use on a daily basis, including You know, everything from dressing, you know, tying my shoes, those types of things, all the way to travel skills using assistive technology and ultimately learning braille. I graduated from high school with honors. I went to Wright State University, graduated uh, with a degree in social work. I got my master's degree from the University of Cincinnati.
0: Was it really difficult to find the resources you need in order to get a master's degree, right, at a regular university?
1: Getting access to resources and information in accessible format was pretty much an ongoing struggle. And I also had to be very creative as far as, as finding readers and finding uh, supports that were in a position to support me and, and it could actually read honors level college material. And I'm going to tell you that that is if you, you've been through that process, it, it, it's a challenge. It certainly builds character. And uh, we all, I did have a lot more support being in Cincinnati because I had my parents, and I also had some wonderful supports from the Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. These continue to be the things that I wrestle with as far as being accommodated and getting the information I need to participate in mass and, and parish activities.
0: What is it like? trying to attend Mass, what are the difficulties that a blind person has attending Mass at a typical parish today in your experience?
1: You know, Bob, that it, it, it's really a multi-dimensional issue. It's, it's almost as if I'm not even acknowledged, especially in the many cases where I've had to travel independently to Mass, which uh, the Relatives that take me to Mass on a weekly basis. I, I go to our church pretty much every week, pretty much every Sunday morning, or 9 o'clock Mass, or 11 o'clock Mass at our church. But I have been to our parish independently many, many, many times. I served on our pastoral council for three years. I go to the, the front of the, the pew that the, where the altar is, so I can get assistance essentially taking communion. You know, just, just went to go up and, and to get to the altar to receive communion is a challenge that people really don't think of. And I almost feel like I'm a second class citizen. The information from the hymnals is totally inaccessible. Nobody asks, okay, how are you doing? Nobody asks for, do you need assistance? And I have to essentially Google what's in our bulletin because the materials that are in print are not gonna be accessible. So if I need this information, I have to either call our administrative support or in some cases, I had to make a special trip to a parish
0: office during the week. So Chris, this is what I think I'm hearing, right? So you've been at, at a particular parish for a long time. People, It's not like you just showed up one week and everybody's surprised. People should be very aware of your presence. You've served on pastoral council in the past. You sit in the front every week. They know you're there. And then it's just common, I'm hearing, to hear of similar things like okay, everyone, if you want to sign up for this, there's pink sheets in the back. Or if you want to do this, fill out the form at the edge of the pew. And no one ever approaches you and says, hey, Chris, would you like me to help you fill out this form? I can fill this out for you if, you know, or, and you're just on your own to figure out how to get the information you need, but you can't fill out a form. You have, there are different methods for you that you would have to use. And nobody seems to, care to make that simple accommodation for you, even though they know you're there. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. And I may also continue that uh, they, I have never, I've only one time on one occasion, I believe, has someone actually offered to take me to church. So I've had to use Rideshare. I've had to use some other community transportation and, of course, family to get to and from church. It's almost as if I'm a blind person first. And I'm a Catholic and a practicing Catholic, maybe distance third or possibly fourth. And I don't find that acceptable as a Catholic. And I don't think most practicing Catholics who would listen to this program would find that acceptable either.
0: All right. So, Chris, hopefully you've, as we say, opened our eyes a little bit to some of the, to just being more aware of how it is that we might be able to be more accommodating to people who are blind and visually impaired. So why don't we talk about that specifically? What are some things that we can do as parishioners or as pastors and DREs and parish leaders to be more accommodating to people with visual needs? One of the things that
1: really is just absolutely pivotal is just acknowledges When we go into mass, when we go in, into church every Sunday, just ask, okay, do you need assistance to communion? Would you like to know what is there on the table in the back of the church, be it the church bulletin, be it opportunities to provide first collection, second collection? I've even had to you know, just sort of be on guard when we have the gifts over communion. Okay, when do I give my offer to the person? Sometimes it just pass right by me and they don't even communicate just acknowledge me okay do you need any assistance do you need maybe transportation or, or other types of, of support as so I had an experience I was at a healing service at a fairly wasn't my parish but it was a fairly prominent local parish here in Cincinnati it was here in the archdiocese and I was actually there for my aunt who was dying essentially of stage four cancer and I had a priest who was at that service come up to me and asked me specifically if I was there for healing myself because I was blind. And I said, No, Father, I'm here because I have an aunt with stage four cancer. And I didn't mention it specifically, but I, I told him I was fine. But uh, I, I was, you know, it was the perfectly sighted aunt who was really in need of help, in need of God's intervention. And I really wanted people to know that uh, just because it, it does seem, it is certainly in the gospel healings of Bartimaeus and, you know, some other examples of, of healing of, of blind. And I did want to mention that because for a, a blind person now with who, especially when he was fairly confident, who's lived as a blind person all their lives, it, 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 it really what they need is, is dignity and support and, and feeling appreciated and feeling welcomed not to have some as opposed to having some miraculous healing and be cured of the blindness. And I wanted to mention that because that seems to be, that perception is still
0: alive in parishes. So what I'm hearing is, let's not assume that everyone who was born blind is expecting Jesus to come down and get a miracle. You are, you were born blind, you're accepting of that. And let's just welcome and accept you for who you are and the gifts that you have and celebrate with you the life that you have and make the accommodations necessary to make you feel welcome and as part of the community. That's all you're asking for, right? Exactly. So Chris, why don't we make people aware of this brochure that you helped us put together. Just go to www.catholiccincinnati.org. If you go there and you click on the top ministries and offices, that'll take you to this long list. There's many offices and respect life is the office you go to. Once you're there, and right here at the top, you'll see it says visual impairment. And that'll take you right to the brochure. There's a little brochure that every parish could use or bring in their parishes to give some general tips. Greet them as you would any other visitor. Introduce yourself. Speak directly to the people. Ask if they would like a tour of the facilities. Various things that, Chris, you would mentioned, just to basically be welcome, ask if they need anything. If there's anything that you expect people to see on the table when you walk in, point out what it is that's on the table. And if it's something people need to fill out, ask if they would like to have that filled out, if they would like to participate in whatever it is that you're, you're asking people to sign up for. Make these kinds of of accommodations. They ask if they plan to receive the Eucharist, and if so, if they need any help getting in and out of the pew or whatever it is that they need to know. What could organizationally parish leaders do maybe to educate their parishioners perhaps, or even just to make, what should they do about their bulletins or whatever to, to help people who are blind?
1: I think that uh, what, what parish leaders need to do is they need to be aware of Individuals who are facing vision loss or, or visual impairment or blindness. And they need to be making referrals and increase their knowledge base, develop their knowledge base on organizations such as the National Federation of the Blind of Cincinnati, as well as other resources here in the greater Cincinnati area, for example, or in other communities that could really that could help a, a parishioner adapt to blindness and vision loss. There are organizations, that, such as the NFB of Cincinnati, that have a positive view of blindness and the ability of blind people to achieve with proper training, proper techniques, and a proper mindset and a proper positive attitude. There are organizations that provide, more specifically related to the, to the face, that provide accessible materials in braille, and on audio cassette tapes one in particular is the Xavier society for the blind which has been around for over 100 years since 1900 i believe it's based in new york city it's a jesuit apostolate and we need to as a parish the leadership i believe in the parishes in deaneries pastoral administrators need to be aware of these resources that there are resources available to for example if, if uh, Blind people need to learn basic living skills, uh, cooking, cleaning, as they need to know they need to be able to travel out independently, if they need to be able to use Braille or uh, you know, books on tape or books on C D, they're in audio format or other assistive technology that's available, that, that there are resources out there and there are people out there who are practicing, who are very skilled, very competent as wine people and being blind doesn't necessarily mean the end of your existence.
0: Okay, Kirsten, so you mentioned the Xavier Society for the Blind as something that would be good for parishes to be aware of. So you can find this website at www.xaviersocietyfortheblind.org. And uh, tell us again what it is that you can find on this website for parishes.
1: Well, the Xavier Society for the Blind is the primary resource for materials related to The Catholic faith, and I believe that they also have information specific to other Christian denominations as well, not just Catholic. But they are the primary resource for that, and that is a resource I would recommend to people who are experiencing vision loss and they want to continue to have access to the faiths, liturgical materials.
0: You also mentioned the National Federation for the Blind, nfbohio.org. That's another website you can go to. Can you tell us what can we find on this website here, nfbohio.org?
1: The National Federation of the Blind, we consider ourselves the voice of the nation's blind. We have 50,000 members. We were established in Pennsylvania in 1940. We are the leading organization advocating for equality, and security and opportunity for the blind of the United States. The NFB of Ohio is our Ohio State affiliate. If you go onto the website at uh, nfbohio.org, you will find a quarterly publication called the Buckeye Bulletin that's sort of the flagship or the heart of what we provide. We also have specialized divisions such as uh, the Diabetes Action Network, which is specific to individuals who are dealing with diabetes and vision loss, which is actually one of the more the most common cause of vision loss among the adult population. Do advocacy for blind parents. We do advocacy for guide dog users. We have a specialized division for users of guide dogs.
0: Okay, so Chris, you were talking, so we were on the National Federation of the Blind Ohio page, nfbohio.org. If you happen to be on that page and you want to go directly to the national page, which is probably not surprising, it is at www.nfb.org. Just take out the word Ohio and you'll be on the national page. So here we are on the national page. So, Chris, what can we find now here on the national page? The
1: national page, well, it's very comprehensive, first of all. It has access to, of course, our publications. There is general information about blindness, about vision loss. We have a number of podcasts. You can also access audio of previous podcasts through that website. Our flagship publication is The Braille Monitor which has information about and for people who are blind and people who advocate for the rights and equality of people who are blind in the United States.
0: Okay, great. And now if we go back to the Ohio page again, if you go back to nfbohio.org and you want to donate to this organization, if you donate to the organization, where does that money go, Chris?
1: If you donate to the organization, that will go to our state affiliate. Basically, any kind of donations that would, would operate would go to helping people attend our national and state conventions. There are a lot of people, obviously, who are blind, who have very limited resources. or are unable to find jobs because the unemployment rate for people who are blind, I believe, is 79%. It's extremely high. And that really has to that really gets to some of the issues that we had talked about earlier there's access to training access to resources is just not available particularly in Ohio
0: so so course, the National Federation for the blind and the Ohio chapter that's going to help people on both ends if you will it's going to help people who have gotten around and continue to get access to information to help them in their daily work but and also people who are not well employed to help get them access to training and help in order to be more independent, is that right?
1: Yes, exactly, and uh, we also have a number of other funding programs and and other ways to financially contribute to the organization. We have our PAC plan, which basically allows people as they want to make a monthly donation to the NFB, to our national organization. There's information on our national website, nfb.org about that. You can also donate vehicles.
0: So if you're getting a new car and you want to donate your car, you could actually do that as well, okay. So again, go to nfbohio.org and click on Contact Us, and you can call someone and ask the details on how to do that as well. Or on our website at catholiccincinnati.org, find the Respect Life office at Ministries and Offices, which we already showed you, and click on that brochure. You can get that brochure and get some tips on how to be more welcoming to people who are blind or visually impaired. Or you can just contact our office director. The email is life at catholiccincinnati.org. Just send an email to our office. Uh, If you're trying to figure something out, can't find our website for some reason, Respect Life at catholiccincinnati.org. Feel free to uh, email us as well about any questions about what we talked about on the website. And of course, this topic is going to be at catholiccincinnati.org slash being-pro-life. So all the resources we mentioned you're listening, and you're riding in the car, and you didn't write anything down, right? Just remember, being dash pro dash life. Go to that page, and we will have all those resources listed on that page as well.
1: And I would like to add our Cincinnati chapter meets the fourth Saturday of each month, generally, and our meetings are typically held at the Cincinnati Hamilton County Main Branch Library, which is 800 Vine Street. We meet in room 3A, which is one of the meeting rooms back on the third floor as a library. And we typically meet between 1.30 and 3.30 on the fourth Saturday of each month. So if anyone would be interested in becoming a member of National Federation of the Blind of Cincinnati or ultimately our national organization, that is the way to do that, attend our meetings and, and be active and, and get out there and, and be part of our community. Just in conclusion and summation, uh, I I feel that what I hope people get from this podcast and the point that I want to make is that we are people with dignity. We are people who are contributing members of society and and have all the ability, all the potential as anyone else in our community can to contribute to our faith and be active in our parish just as long as people acknowledge us. And understand that we may need some accommodations in in certain areas, but as long as people communicate with us, then that's the point I want to take away. And that is, I think, the main step to helping us become active members of our parishes and active members of our communities.
0: Thank you so much for bringing that up, Chris. That's exactly why this is one of our topics on our Respect Life arena, because everyone has human dignity. We want everybody who wants to participate in our churches, even if you have a disability, even if you are blind, or whatever it is, we want to try to make everyone feel welcome. And sometimes there are some things we need to do that don't always occur to us. <laughs> that we need to do to help everyone feel welcome. So thank you so much for your time with us today. And I hope you have a great day. And you too. It's been a pleasure. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website and view all the links talked about in this episode at www.catholiccincinnati.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today and I look forward to being with you next time.